Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of Life Church in Perry, Georgia. Let's join Pastor Tim McLaughlin and go to the message. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse number 25. This has been our, our jump-off verse for the, for the last couple weeks. So I want to read this out loud. It says, Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, and all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He, Jesus, expounded to them all the Scriptures, the things concerning Himself. Heavenly Father, we thank You again for Your presence in this place. Lord, we thank You that, Lord, as we've been talking about that that name, that name that is above every name, that name that we exalt, that name that, that we praise, that name that we worship, that name that, is, that, that it just has power with it, Lord, I pray that we would grasp a hold of all the significance in that name. It's not just a name. It's, it's the titles that go with that name. It's the, the power that goes with that name. It's, it's the words spoken throughout your word about that name. Father, we thank you. Give us knowledge today of that name. That, Lord, we would go in power. Father, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We've been discussing that Jesus is more than a babe born in a manger. He's more than a crucified Savior, he's, he's more than a risen king. There's, there's so much more. And you think, well, pastor, isn't that enough? That's tons. And that's, that's really what we need. We need to understand that he is the risen king. But I think so many times in the society that we live in today that, that people, Jesus has become just another name. I, we, uh, Sheridan and I get up in the mornings. A lot of times I, I'll go for a run or, or maybe we'll go out and we'll walk. And, and there's, there's houses that have manger scenes. And, and yet next to those manger scenes, they'll have all kinds of things. I mean, there may be Rudolph right next to that or a snowman right next to that. We've got one house over in our area and they've got a rainbow and Santa on a, on a unicorn. I pray every time I walk by that house. Devil be gone. But, but they'll put a manger scene out right next to that kind of stuff because we have lost the concept of what Jesus is really about, what, what Christmas is always, what, what it's about. We've lost, we've lost in this nation the true meaning of Christmas. I've shared this with you over the last couple of weeks. We've got stores that will have Xmas sales. Lord, help them. We have, we have watered down Christianity so much in this nation that, that most people, that it has no effect anymore. It's more about sales. It's more about the commercialism. It's more about all these other things. But we understand because in this scripture, Jesus, 
the resurrected Christ. He's walking with these disciples, two of these disciples. They're on the road to Emmaus, and they're, they're grumbling and complaining, much like some of us <clears throat> today. And we, they grumble and complain. And they're like, why, why didn't he do what we thought he should do? Why didn't it happen the way we thought it should happen? And Jesus shows up, and he begins to talk to them, and they don't even recognize who he is. And he begins to expound to them, and it says that he begins to share with them all the things that the Scriptures, the Word of God, says concerning him. And he goes back all the way to Moses through that time. We've been looking at these things. The Bible says in John chapter 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We understand that He was, we understand that He is, and we understand that He always will be. Not just a bane born in a manger, not just a risen Savior that ascended into heaven, but He is still today. King of kings and Lord of lords. He is still today Savior. He is still today healer. He is still almighty God. And we need to understand this. We started and we looked at the names and the titles of Jesus in the Old Testament two weeks ago. I'm not going to go through all of them, but you need to understand that He is the ultimate sacrifice. He's the ark of God. He is God most high. He is the angel of the Lord. He is peacemaker and many, many more. That's just the Old Testament. I didn't even have time in that one service to go through all of the names and all of the titles and all of the attributes and all of the characteristics of Jesus found in the Old Testament. But we understand that He was in the beginning. One God. Three unique persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus was there in the beginning. The Bible says that He created man in His image. The Bible from beginning to end is about Jesus, God's love for humanity. Then we begin to look at Jesus in the Gospels. We understand that He fulfilled more than 300 Old Testament prophecies. He is rabbi, Messiah, Christ, day spring, good shepherd, king of the Jews, and the great I am. Man, he's the great I am. God told Moses in a bush, he says, who should I tell them that sent me? He says, you just tell them I am. I love that when, when, when Jesus is in the garden and Jesus is praying and then they come in to get him and they come in with Judas Iscariot and he says, who are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus. And he says, I am. Now we read in our Bible, it says, I am he, and it's, it's italicized. But he said to them, he said, I am. I am the great I am. And when he declared those words, it said, they fell back as of dead men because of the power in that name. Last week I left you with Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. The Apostle Paul speaking, he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Now there's two words that we started talking about last week. I'm just going to quick review for the word know right here. 
Two words that we can find in the New Testament. There's one word, gnosis, which means a general knowledge or general intelligence, a, a general understanding. I think right now in our nation, we have people that are even, uh, they, they don't even have a general knowledge. They don't even have a gnosis of who Jesus is. To, to most people in our country, he's just, it's just a religious name. It's just a religious figurehead. I was reading an article just the other day. And uh, there, there's actually a book that's come out. Uh, it's been out for a little bit uh, by Jonathan Kahn. And Jonathan Kahn writes this book about the return of the gods. And I'm not going to get into that, but, but, but we see this taking place right now. Up in Iowa, at the state capitol in Iowa, they built a, a statue, a satanic statue for people to worship in the, the capital of Iowa. Right next to a manger scene. People have no concept. They, they, they understand Jesus is a story. There's a general knowledge. But Paul right here uses this word in Philippians. He says, that I may gnosko him, which means to learn, to know, to come to know, and to have a greater knowledge of. Now, when I think about that, I think about when I first met Sheridan, at Cracker Barrel, 1995. She still laughs at me. My kids laugh at me like, Dad, please don't tell this story. So if they're watching, I'm sorry, kids. But I was sitting there, breakfast. It was Easter morning, Easter Sunday. I was sitting at Cracker Barrel eating some breakfast, and this good-looking lady comes walking around, and she takes my order. And so we begin to talk, and she brings me my, my breakfast, my eggs, my sausage, and all that stuff. And she brings my, my Cracker Barrel biscuits. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen right there? And she says, is there anything else that I can get you, sir? And I said, how about a little bit of honey for my honey, honey? Now, my kids think that's corny, but I got her. All right? So I got a little bit of honey for my biscuits, but I got a honey for 27-plus years going on in Jesus' name. All right? Yeah, come on. So the deal was when I first met her, I gnosis her. I had a knowledge of her. I was, we started dating. I started finding out things about her. But after 27 years, do you understand that now I have a gnosko of her? I know things about her and she knows things about me that we wish we didn't know about each other, but we know these things. We need to have this knowledge of God and we need to desire to have a greater knowledge of who he is. It's kind of like the, going from friendship to intimacy. It is advantageous for us to know Jesus, gnosko him, not just the name, but the God-man, the creator, the one that came, the one that suffered, the one that died, the one that rose, the one that ascended, and the one that is coming back for you and I. His name is Jesus, but the question is, do you truly know him? Most people in the first century of the Christian era looked at God as a tradition. Some people had, had and have their man-made gods. Some have built altars to those gods, but they are alienated from the one true God. God spoke to his disciples through Jesus on the earth. From Acts to Revelation, and even today, God speaks to his church through His Holy Spirit. I love what A.W. Tozer said. A.W. Tozer said, the reason people don't hear what Jesus is saying in this generation 
is because God's message is a moral pronouncement. It brings to light such elements as faith and conscience and conduct, obedience and loyalty. See, this is the problem. This is why people don't hear God. This is why people don't understand who Jesus is. It's because most people don't want to deal with the conscience. They don't want to deal with the elements of sin. They don't want to understand that there's some things that they have to do in their conduct to change, that they have to be obedient to Him. We live in a society that's do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, instead of understanding that they have an obligation to the one that died for them and rose for them. The reason people reject Jesus is the same reason they reject His Word. They don't want to submit to the authority of His moral Word. They don't want to know Him. I believe today that most people want the blessings without knowing the blesser. They want to receive the blessings they want the open doors of opportunity. They want everything that goes with it. They, they, they want the healing when they're sick, but they don't want to come to know the healer. They want God to bless them with a job, but they don't want to acknowledge Him with their tithe. Ooh, come on now. I'm meddling, Miss Mary. We, 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 we want God to, to bless us with a nice house. We want Him to bless us with a nice car. We want Him to bless us with nice clothes. But we don't want to acknowledge Him as the one who gives the blessing. We, we got a bunch of people that think that, they, that they're, they're the reasons why they're blessed. They want access without accountability. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. It says, Has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had made Himself, purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Church, we need to understand that He is the revelation of God. He is the revelation of God. You know, you think about this, and we see this in the Old Testament where, where, where many times, and even God Himself said, said that no man can see me and live. But who is it that they saw? They saw Jesus, the revelation of God. Today, we, we think about the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living in us if we've made Jesus Christ Lord of our life. But we begin to see things that manifest in our life. When we see the blessings of God, those are the revelation of God in our lives. When we pray for people and we see, we see miracles and signs and wonders that are still taking place today, that is the revelation of God right in front of us. When you know Him and you spend time with Him, you will have a greater understanding of the will, the ways, and the wants of the Father. Let me say that again. When you know Him and you spend time with Him, you will have a greater understanding of the will, the ways, and the wants of the Father. Because Jesus is the revelation of the Father. What do you mean by that? If you want to know what the will, the ways, and the wants of the Father are, it's in the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. The revelation of God. Spend time with Him in His Word. Spend time with Him in prayer. 
Begin to acknowledge His will and you'll begin to experience His ways. I hear people in the church that always speak of the cross. Now, don't get mad at me. Don't throw nothing at me. People have turned the cross into an idol. Now, I understand that this flag over here is the Christian flag, and that cross, that, that flag has a cross on it. I understand on the end of this building, we have a cross on the end of this building. I've had people ask me since I've been here, Pastor, why don't we have a cross hanging up someplace in the church? Listen, I'm all about the cross, folks. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. I understand that the cross is the symbol, but I don't worship the cross. The tomb is empty. If we're going to have anything in the church, we ought to have an empty tomb sitting right here. That's what we need to acknowledge. What we need to understand is that he came off of the cross. He came out of the tomb. He's sitting at the right hand of God the Father right now. That's what we need to get a hold of. we got too many people that, we, we, we talk about this all the time, you, you go by people's houses and they have crosses in their, their front yard and they have all these other things. And right next to the cross, i got one neighbor, hey listen, I like football. Y'all know that about me, I like me some SEC football. i got a guy that's got a, a cross sitting right next to an elephant. I'm not sure which one of those he's worshiping, but let me just tell you, you better know the King of Kings. Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. What am I saying? Quit worshiping the cross. And understand that He is the resurrection. He is the resurrection. The cross is empty. The tomb is empty. He's the resurrection. Worship Jesus. He died on the cross for us all, but since His resurrection, we need to understand that He is mighty Lord. He is mighty in power. Power is not the babe born in the manger. Power is not the crucifixion. The power is in the resurrection. The power is in the resurrection. He is alive. Not only is He alive, but He is at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. Ephesians chapter 1. I may have given this to you the wrong one, but it's Ephesians chapter 1. Let me flip over there just to make sure I give you the right one and I don't have the wrong one. Hallelujah. Because I... I do type in error sometimes. Yeah, verses 19. The Scripture's wrong. I think the the verse is right. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ, when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places. Look at this. The exceeding greatness of His power toward us which he worked in Christ when? When he raised him from the dead. The power is in the resurrection. What is he doing at the right hand of the Father? Romans 8.34 says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. He is our intercession. He's our intercession. Jesus is our intercessor. He's sitting at the right hand of God right now because the tomb is empty. 
We need to grasp a hold of that. The Bible says that in Jesus, that, that Jesus speaks to the Father on our behalf. He speaks to the Father on our behalf. We don't pray to angels. We don't pray to Mary. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. We don't pray to angels. They can't do anything for us. Matter of fact, the Bible says that we are even higher than the angels. We don't pray to Mary. Thank God for Mary. But the reality is we go to God directly through Jesus. He is our advocate and He is our intercessor. Ephesians also says, here we go, here's the verse, I think, Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So not only is he our intercessor, he's the head of the church. He's the head of the church. I'm not the head of the church. Pastor Darrell and I talk about this all the time because we just agree. And I've said this to you many times. When I get around other ministers that makes statements. I had lunch with one just the other day. We were sitting there talking. He said, well, over there at my church. Now, I know what he means, but sometimes I just get a little sarcastic. I know you guys don't know that about me. <laughs> but I looked at him. I said, can I see your scars? He said, what are you talking about? I said, well, I didn't know that you died for that, 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 those people over there. He said, brother, you know what I meant. I said, I understand. But I said, be careful how you say it. Listen, it's not about Tim McLaughlin. Tim McLaughlin can't get you to heaven. It's not about Daryl Yarbrough. Daryl Yarbrough can't get you to heaven. It's about Jesus. This is his church. He's the head of the church. But I thank God that he's called me to be the pastor of this flock. But we need to understand who is the head. We need to understand the one that controls all things. I think, you know, I, I was talking to, to another brother of mine, and he was talking about the difference between the assemblies of God versus his denomination. And I said, well, one of the things in your particular denomination is this. I said, you're a hireling. He said, what are you talking about? I said, because what happens is this. I said, in your congregation, what you do is you have deacons that tell you what you're going to do. And I said, and then you preach. And he looked at me and said, that's right. I said, but in, in our fellowship, I said, I'm the pastor of that church. Now, I still have deacons, and they, they still give counsel. But understand this, you've got to follow the proper authority within the body of Christ. And I said, and I think sometimes in some of these churches, we've got deacons that think that they're God. And I think sometimes we've got pastors that think that they're God. Y'all said that? Anyways. But understand that He is God. And He's the one that we follow in all things. We don't offer animal sacrifices. We don't build man-made altars. We don't have to make a pil pilgrimage to Jerusalem to meet with our God. Can you imagine that? Having to go to a place called Mecca to make sure. Can you imagine? I, I've got friends of mine in the Catholic Church, and you've got to do all of these sacraments. I had one guy that he and I were great friends. And, and Anybody in here grew up Catholic? Go ahead and raise your Anybody grew up Catholic? Brother John did. This, this, this guy, good friend of mine, we knew each other for years. I mean, he knew me before I was saved. He still lived like I lived before I was saved. But he, he knew the difference in my life. He says, man, he says, I can see the difference in how you live and the way that you talk. And I looked at him, I said, brother, I, I, I like you. I've known you for a long time. I said, but there is no difference in you. 
And, and he believes because he went through these certain sacraments because there was a priest there that baptized him as a baby and then he did these things as a teenager and then he did certain things as an adult. And he said, all I have to worry about, Pastor, is as long as there's a priest there when I die, he said, I'm in. I said, really? I said, so you can live the way you're living and it's a done deal. He said, yeah. I said, oh, Lord. Lord, help us. So we need to be careful, church. You need to make Jesus not only head of the church, you need to make him head of your life. Jesus is Lord of Lord. We need to understand that he's the head of the church. And then Colossians chapter 1, 16 and 18 says, For by him all things were created that are in the heavens and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Does he have preeminence in your life? See, Christ is the head because he's the one that holds all things together. We need to understand that as pastors and church leaders, we are to surrender ultimate leadership to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who leads and determines the teachings and the practices of the church. You, the church, the body, we follow Christ, and then we follow the earthly leaders that Christ has put in control. That's why I have to have a pastor. That's why you need to have a pastor. Because we understand he's the head. He's put some people in control. And then we need to follow those that he has put in control. And sometimes we don't like that, but that's the reality of how this works. I remember being in the military. This is a military town. Many of you used to be in military. I may not have liked what the sergeant said, but if the colonel said it and he told the sergeant, I had to follow what the sergeant said. Even though the colonel outranked him and I liked him and I may not have liked the sergeant and how the sergeant said that I knew where the orders came from. Am I making sense this morning? Because you got quiet. We need to understand and we need to put proper things in the proper perspective. That he's the head. And the reason I'm saying this to you this morning is because we need to understand that, 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 that God speaks to those that are, in, that, that are pastors of the church. God speaks to those that are the, the head of the church and the deacons of the church. And God has spoken and he's got a direction for us to follow. And we need to understand that, that he's leading us in the right direction. If we do these things, if we, if we do the things that we, we believe God has called us to do, we can have a mighty church, a kingdom church, not just a local, let's get together on Sundays. Understand, I, 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 don't, have, I don't care if you, I've heard people say, well, I like a small church atmosphere. Well, that's great, and I understand what you mean, but there's a lot of people out there that need to come to this church, that need to know Jesus. And we, we need to be willing to grow. Look at all the empty seats in this place. I'm not content with just getting up here every Sunday morning and preaching to empty seats. I'm glad that you're here and God bless you, but we need to be doing all that we can do to reach the people in this area for the kingdom of God because that's what the head has told us to do. Let me begin to wrap this up. I've said this several times. I started off with it today. He was, he is, and he always will be. He is not just the king of the Jews. 
He's not just the God of the Old Testament. He's not just the crucified and resurrected Savior of the New Testament. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. It says, Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God alone who is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He is the King eternal. He is the King eternal. He is the King who is eternal from eternity past to eternity future. No beginning and no end. He is the King who is immortal. He is life and He has life. All things live because He lives. He is the King who is invisible. He is the holy, invisible, all-powerful, and majestic King. To the King eternal be all honor and glory and all majesty. See, we should worship Him with the words that we speak. Not just on Sunday, but with all the words that we speak. We should worship Him because He is King. We should worship Him in the songs that we sing. We should worship Him with everything that we put our hands to. That's why I always, I love that scripture. If you look at my email, it's on the bottom of my emails. It's most time on a lot of my text. It's on t-shirts that we've printed. It's on banners that we've had. That we understand that everything I do, I do is unto the Lord, not as unto man. Colossians 3.23 I want to make sure that everything I say and everything that I do is unto Him. With our very life, we should worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For how long? Forever and ever. Time will not allow for us to cover every name and every title for Jesus in these 66 books. But our desire should be like that of the Apostle Paul. He said that I may know Him. Gnosko. The more time we spend in His Word, the more time we spend in His presence, the more time we will come to know Him. Who He is and not just His name. We need to desire His character. We need to desire His will. We need to desire His ways. We need to desire His presence. Will Reagan sings a song that I love. You can come on up, brother. Will Reagan sings a song that I love. I asked Pastor Michael late today if he knew the song, and he said he does, but I'm not going to ask him to sing the song because he's got, he's, got, he's got to save his voice for tonight. And I'm not going to sing this song so y'all can say amen. But I want to read to you some of these lyrics. Miss Julie's going to put them. Because I love this song by Will Reagan. And when I think of what the Apostle Paul says, Will Reagan says that the name of the song is called The Simple Gospel. He says, I want to know you, Lord, like I know a friend. I'm laying down all my religion. I'm laying down, I want to know you, Lord. I used to think that I could box you in, but I'm laying down. I want to know you, Lord. Lord, I've been told to be ashamed. I've been told I don't measure up. I've been told I'm not good enough, but you're here with me. And I reach out, and you find me in the dust. You say no amount of untruths can separate us. I will rejoice in the simple gospel. The gospel is simple because the gospel is Jesus. 
The gospel is the fact that He is more than a babe in a manger. The gospel is simple because He's the resurrected Lord. The gospel is simple because He desires us to know Him intimately. He wants to know you. But the question is, do you know Him? Lay down your religion. Lay down your lies. And come to know the true Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast of Life Church. If you are looking for a home church, please visit us at 100 Todd Road in Perry, Georgia, or check out our website at lifechurchga.com.